always makes me laugh when someone's like, yeah, that, I can't do that. That's, like, that's way too difficult. Or I wouldn't get anything out of that anyways, because there's either two reasons. They're not willing to be uncomfortable or they're too arrogant to think they might learn something out of it. Both of those are pretty big downfalls when it comes to trying new things, to learn new things, to building new habits, to improving yourself and trying to do something you haven't done before. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. If you're here for leadership, especially personal leadership, you're going to hear about one of the most important things that you can do to improve— What Joel and I talk about, this is how you develop skills that people think that you can't learn. Things like integrity, discipline, resilience. And it's going to come from a place where most people don't expect to hear this stuff. Cold showers. Cold showers is a big Sidcha of mine. Sidcha, if you don't know the term, look it up at Sidcha.com, S-I-D-C-H-A. People who know me know Sidchas are a big part of what I do. Critically important for leadership. If you know my habits, cold showers, the burpees, picking up garbage. Joel is a big piece of it. As Aristotle said, quality is not an act, it is a habit. As he also said, excellent is an art won by training and habituation. We do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence, but rather we have those because we've acted rightly. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And so cold showers happen to be something that's one of the easiest, materially speaking, it changes very little about your life. You don't have to pay any money for it, extra time, no risk of injury, no personal trainers. You can just just don't turn one knob. So I indulged myself in talking to the guy who I learned all this from, and I hope that you get a lot out of it too. In his case, you'll hear how it turned his life around. I highly recommend watching his TED Talk. All right, so that's enough of me talking. Let's listen to Joel. Welcome back to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Josh Spodek, and I'm here with Joel Runyon. Joel, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great, and I'm really looking forward to this. I was recently rereading some stuff that I read of yours years and years ago, like four, five, six years ago, and I didn't realize how much of an impression it made on me. In particular, it's the cold shower stuff. And I'm not sure if we should start talking about cold showers, because I think also, from your perspective, you've been doing the Pencils of Promise and the 777 Project, and I feel like that's probably more recent for you. Yeah. Well, we can talk about it all. I mean, cold showers are kind of a nice through line. It's more of a daily practice. And then the uh, 777 is more of like the most recent impossible thing that I just finished up. But we can talk about both of them or whichever one you want to start off with. Let's do go chronologically with cold showers and then moving up to more recent and the pencils of promise. Okay. Yes. So anyone who's listening to this, and if you haven't watched it, I would say as a great starting point is to go to your TEDx talk. And if you just go to YouTube and type in Joel Runyon TEDx, It'll come up and that tells a story about you starting your cold showers. Would you mind going through it again? Yeah. I mean, the highlights of it? Yeah, for sure. Is it a story you've told a million times? I don't want to bore you. 
Well, it is, but I mean, it's also one of the things that I think can have a big impact on people. So I don't, I don't mind sharing it. And the story basically goes like, uh, five or six years ago, I think at this point, I gone through a phase where I had a really hard time getting a job and then finally got a job and worked my way up and, and actually got recruited to another company as like a promotion, like a, a big overall promotion working with like Fortune 500 companies. And right in, in between, I went to a conference out in Portland. And I was supposed to meet up with my buddy with a, a friend of a friend named Nick. And uh, Nick had run a couple of successful businesses, uh, but we didn't really know each other. And so I, I met him at a bar and we get right into like, hey, what are you doing? Where, you, you know, what's going on with your life? And I basically tell him kind of my deal. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to this other thing. I'd like to, you know, maybe start my own thing down the road, but I don't feel like I'm ready. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm five minutes into this conversation with this guy I literally just met because a friend told me I should meet him. and. Uh, he asked me, like, well, why haven't you started your own thing yet? And I was like, you know, well, you know, there's a lot of reasons. I I'm, I was like, you know, I'm young. I, ha I don't have tons of money saved up. Um, I don't know if I have a great idea. And he's like, no, 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 no. Why haven't you started that business yet? And I gave him a bunch more reasons. And then he basically cut me off and he said, no, the reason you haven't done it yet is because you're scared. And you need to get over, you know, this fear that you have. And so I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not scared. I'm totally cool with it. Like, I'm not. It's not a fear thing. He's like, BS. And what you need to do is you need to take a cold shower tomorrow and do it for 30 days. And I was like, but why? He's like, just don't worry about it. Just do it. And um, I didn't really know how to react to that. I'd known this guy for five minutes and uh, he was already like calling me out and telling me <laughs> to take a cold shower. And I'm like, dude, I, who recommended that I meet you anyways? Um, but I knew I was going to see him the next day and I wasn't going to not like I knew he was going to he'd already called me out in the first five minutes of knowing him. So. There was no way he wasn't going to bring it up the next day. And so knowing he was going to call me out, I knew I was going to have to take a cold shower. And so I basically get ready the next morning and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this cold shower. And as, as soon as I jumped in the, the shower, I put my hand on the faucet and, uh, so you're in the shower, the space, but not with the water on yet. Yeah. And so I, I standing in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this because I'm not going to not, you know, I'm not going to go back to him and say, Hey, yeah, I didn't do that. So I'm starting to do it. And as I put my hand on the, the knob, and I'm about to turn to cold. I'm like, all these terrible excuses pop into my mind. I'm like, hey, why are you doing this? This is a stupid idea. Who is this guy? You just <laughs> met him. Why are you doing this? Like, hers. And then I uh, sucked it up and I just did it. And I just started like, I was like, holy crap, this is really cold. It's like in Portland, it's not warm water. I was freaking out and somehow managed to, you know, I, the only reason I am going was because I knew I was going to see him and I, I wasn't going to not do it having, you know, knowing I was going to see him later that day. And so I did it and finished and it dried off. And I realized when I got out that I was totally fine and nothing bad happened. And the only, all the excuses, all the things that popped up in my mind before I turned the shower to cold were the same things that were coming up in my head for why I didn't start my business. And so I basically took that lesson and did it a bunch more times. I did it when I quit that job eventually six months later. I did it when I Right before I did that TED talk on uh, cold showers, I did it, you know, before I did my first uh, ultra marathon and before I launched 777. And so it's sort of become this ritual that like anytime I start to get in my he own head about why I can't do something or why, you know, something's too difficult, it becomes kind of that impetus and that reminder, that physical reminder that, yeah, it can be uncomfortable, it can be difficult, but it's not impossible. And at the end of the day, doing the uncomfortable thing you know, makes you a little bit better. And there's no real long lasting negative effect. Uh, you might be cold for five minutes. You might be uncomfortable for a little bit. But once that's over, 
it's over and you can dry off and you can go on with your day. And that was a big realization for me at that point in my life and has kind of carried over to a lot of the different things that I do. So thank you for sharing again. And there are a few details in there that I hadn't heard before. So I appreciate I'm learning even now more things about it. And then you took it on what your write up of it in Impossible HQ, which is your, I guess you have several web presences, but Impossible HQ is like the one where all the, the cold shower stuff is. And you have a very assertive way of describing it. Like you're very clear, like if someone isn't willing to take a cold shower or, you know, people come up with all these excuses yep. and you use it as a filter. And that was what I was reading recently. I was like, I've been doing stuff like that too. And some might look at it as saying it's like a way of discriminating based on people's behavior and their choices. But I think it's like a filter that, yeah, I don't know how to put it. The people. The litmus test post that you're talking about. Is that the one? There's the litmus test. And there's, I mean, you're also like, someone will say, Oh, I took a cold shower one time in India just when there was no hot water, but they didn't choose yeah, to. Yeah, like yeah. I have this term Sidcha, self-imposed daily. I think the self-imposed came from you. I didn't realize it. I was reading your stuff and I was like, that's where the self-imposed came from. Yeah. So for the listeners who might not know what we're referencing, I have two different posts. Um, one, the cold showers in India, India don't count. And I'll have people say, yeah, this one time in India or this one time in Guatemala, I, you know, we, we didn't have warm water. So I jumped in there for 30 seconds and, you know, I soaked up and then, you know, dumped water on me for 30 seconds. It was really cold. It was really invigorating. That totally counts, right? I'm like, no, it doesn't because you had no choice. And you weren't sitting in it being comfortable with it. You probably had like, you know, 30 or 90 seconds of it. And so the self-imposed aspect is uh, a really big deal with that because, you know, in most people's lives on a normal basis, the differentiation I make with cold showers is that most people on a daily basis, um, cold showers are a choice and it doesn't interfere with anything else that you do in your normal day-to-day -day life. Uh, most people every day take a cold shower. Most people also, without thinking about it, do the normal thing, do the comfortable thing, do the thing that everybody else does, which is take a warm or a hot shower. And the thing about cold showers is you're literally doing everything the same that you would normally do, except instead of doing the normal, comfortable, unconscious thing, you're doing the, you know, doing something that's actively uncomfortable. You're consciously choosing to do it and um, you're choosing to be uncomfortable. A lot of people post quotes on Instagram with, you know, growth is at the ed edge of your comfort zone or you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. But when you say like, actually go be uncomfortable, be cold for five minutes, they freak out and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so that leads into the other post that you mentioned, which is the litmus test post. And so a lot of people write me and they say, hey, I want to, you know, quit my job. I want to get in shape. I want to do X, Y, Z. And I'll tell them to take cold showers. And they're like, no, 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 no. I, uh, you don't understand. I don't like the cold. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And, and what I always say is like, you know, if you're not willing to do a cold shower, I think I, this is how I ended the TED talk is, you're not willing to be uncomfortable in a place like your shower where there's no one affected. Like the only person affected is you and there are like no, there's nothing at stake. Then how are you ever going to be able to choose to be uncomfortable in a situation that affects a lot more people than just you? And, you know, it has much bigger stakes. And so the reason I use cold showers as a filter is one, it shows you who's willing to try new stuff because there's real no downsides to taking a cold shower. You're going to be uncomfortable for five minutes. But if you're not willing to be uncomfortable for five minutes for the off chance that you might learn something like that tells you a lot about who that person is. And a lot of times, like, you know, even people I, I've had people say, like, hey, I've done cold showers and I didn't get anything out of it. But I've never had like those have always been people that have done the cold shower. It always it always makes me laugh when someone's like, yeah, that, I can't do that. That's way too difficult. Or like I wouldn't get anything out of that anyways, because there's either 
you know, there's two reasons. They're either they're not willing to be uncomfortable or they're too arrogant to think they might learn something out of it. And both of those are pretty big downfalls when it comes to trying new things, to learn new things, to building new habits, to improving yourself and, and trying to do something you haven't done before. If you're too arrogant to learn or if you're, you know, you don't have the the willingness to be uncomfortable, like you're probably not going to be able to do that much. It is really weird how much people, this disconnect that they they don't see about what they think they can do and what they can't do, what they think they can do. But if you're not willing to do it, it's really the same as you can't do it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's it's revealing because people say a lot of stuff. And the thing with, you know, a lot of things on my side, I talk about running a marathon or skydiving. It's like there's actual real limitations that like maybe someone really has zero money so they can't go skydiving. OK, maybe that's an actual limitation. There's ways to get around that, but maybe that's a real thing. Or maybe you're 400 pounds. So like if you run a marathon, like you're like you need you know three months to train for it or something like that but the thing with the showers is like okay well this is something you can do today like you have a shower you probably know somebody with a shower like you can go to the gym and take a shower like there's no excuses there's no reasons why you can't do it and the only reasons come back to yourself and so a lot of people think like hey you know you wrote about cold showers and you're this big tough guy who's taking cold showers and you think you have to prove something it's like no this is actually like it's actually like the low level baseline. Like it's a shower. It's not like any big, crazy, impossible thing. It's like it's a really basic thing. And um, but the thing is, if you can't do the basic thing, how are you ever going to do anything that's complicated or difficult or way more involved or take six months of training? How are you going to be able to do that if you can't do something that's like a five minute thing in the morning on a daily basis? Alternatively, if you can't do the cold shower, or you won't do the cold shower. And you believe that you can do the other stuff, but you never actually do. What stories are you telling yourself about your ability that are based in fantasy that are not based on what you're actually going to do? Yeah. There's a disconnect. There's a big disconnect. And what are you doing in order to protect yourself from facing that disconnect so that you can have an idea of yourself that's consistent with your beliefs, that, but, but not consistent with your behavior? I don't know how people work that out. I mean, except that I do kind of because we all do this. I mean, it's part of the cold showers. It gets you over this inhibition or this this uh, something that you had. I mean, there's no one who's born able to do the most amazing things. You have to grow and develop and change, I think. And this is such a, a quick access to it, like you say. In fact, some of the stuff you said, I, I must have gotten it from you because it's so similar about how cold showers, you're really just not touching one of the knobs. Otherwise, everything is the same, materially speaking. And, you know, if anything changes, you're probably taking a shorter shower because it's a little more, a little less comfortable. <laughs> and so it gives you more time in the rest of life and it costs you nothing. And, yeah. you know, one of the reasons I started this podcast was when I was talking to people about the idea of, I wasn't yet talking about a podcast. I was talking to one of my former students about how one of my sidchas, one of the things I do every day is I pick up one piece of trash per day from the street and I put it in a garbage can or recycling if it's recyclable. And so I was talking about it and I wasn't yet doing this podcast and he on his own decided that he was going to take on a personal challenge for the month of June. He was going to pick up 10 pieces of trash per day and that's what he was going to do. And at the end of June, I wrote him and asked him what the experience was like. And he wrote back, one of the things he wrote back, and you can kind of guess at the conversations he'd been having that month with other people, it was he pointed out that, you know, sometimes he'd see someone throw something on the ground with a trash can 10 feet away. And he'd say, people talk about how if they were in Germany in the 30s, they would take a stand against the Nazis. It's possible, but that's easy to say when there's no, there's absolutely zero way of checking that. But then he lives in a world where people don't even walk 10 feet to throw their trash away. <laughs> and he wonders how many people would really do that. I mean, I'm sure they believe they would, but would they really if they were in that situation? And to me, you know, in the context of leadership, this is, personal leadership is 
you know, there's nothing requiring anyone to take a cold shower. They can always say, I just don't feel like it. And that if, if that's enough for them, that's enough for them. But it is really interesting. It is a place where you can, you pointed out how there's really no downside. You're not going to get injured. It's not going to, as soon as you turn the water off, everything's back to the way it was before. Mm-hmm. Likewise, you have only to gain from it. Like if you do it, you gain self-knowledge, self-awareness, self-mastery. Yeah, you're cold for a little bit, but that's not that big of a deal. Even if you don't get anything from it, you still get the knowledge, the fact that like, you're like, oh, I tried that one time. And like, I have an experience from it now. And like, if you could say like, you know, give me five minutes and I'll give you an experience and it maybe have a benefit and it may give you just like, you know, a story. That's like, that's a big deal. And I actually have sometimes I feel like I have more respect than people who are like, I just don't feel like it. You know, I just don't want to. And I'm like, hey, at least, you know, at least you're intellectually honest with yourself versus like the. The sort of mental gymnastics that people will do sometimes yeah. where they're like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I did like four days and I, I think I could I could do the rest of the month. Uh, it's like, well, why didn't you then? Yeah, well, you know, you got <laughs> to. Well, yeah, well, then you didn't do the rest of the month. Like you can't give yourself credit on something you didn't do. And and the reason I like that and the reason I like a lot of the physical challenges I talk about is it forces you to get into your body. And there's something about like those physical activities where, you know, your mind is a a huge capacity for like self-deception and delusion and denial. Yeah. And, and when yeah. it's like, can you do the pushup or you like some, I could do like a hundred pushups. They're like, well, can you or not? Like, can you do the pushups or can you not? Can you do this cold shower? Or can you not? Can you do a marathon or can you not? Like there's a reason I like the physical things because they force you to ground yourself back into reality. And then when you have that factual knowledge, you can improve off of that. And I feel like a lot of people have, you know, it's, it's, what's the numbers? It's like 80% of people think they're above average uh-huh. or, you know, like, or like above average. And like, it was like factually, like, you know, statistically that doesn't work, but it's one of those things, whether, you know, you're in a good spot or a bad spot, just knowing where you are gives you the tools to improve off that. And, but that takes like, you know, the, not to have a pun or anything, but like it gives you like a shot of cold water on the face and it forces you to wake up and says, Hey, like, you know, where am I at and where am I trying to go? And you know, how do I get there? And you have to be clear and, and, and plot your way from there rather than just being like, yeah, I could do that if I wanted to. Well, you know, well, why aren't you? Or (laughs) just go do it (laughs) rather than, you know, people like to talk about it. And I think, you know, the social media and everything's made that almost worse because you can portray it. We live so, so digitally now that people don't know how to get back into their own bodies and, you know, it's it's infinitely harder to take a cold shower than it is to post a, a photo about an inspirational <laughs> yeah. photo of someone on a mountaintop saying you know, growth is at the edge of your comfort zone. So, yeah, I just encourage people to get in their own body, do challenges and and see what their physical limits are, because they, they reveal a lot about uh, your mindset as well. Yeah, you just finished there talking about mindset and self-awareness. Along the way, you also mentioned a few things that I got to call attention to is that you, you mentioned it gives you tools. It gets you thinking about what can I do? and the cold shower is not the end goal, at least not for me. The uh, cold shower reveal. Like, when I was reading the po- – I read your write, what you wrote and then everyone go to his page and there's like, I don't know, hundreds? I don't know if there's thousands, but people who posted about their experience and there's people who are like they've lost weight and they've changed relationships. I'm like, what does that have to do with a cold shower? And that made me very curious. And as, as I read more and more about how people had these life-changing experiences, I went from thinking, oh, that's an interesting idea to – I should do that too. I should really do that to just turn around and turn on the cold water and just took my first cold shower. Actually, my first intentional cold shower because I had done ones where I didn't have a choice. Oh, it's kind of in the middle. I was in a place, I think I told you when I was in Shanghai and the water took like five minutes to get warm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have it in me to watch five minutes of water just going down the drain. <laughs> so I, would, I would jump in and let it warm up on me. 
anyway, but then I, I, and then it does what you said, like it enables you to do things. You realize you could do things that you couldn't, that you didn't think you could do, or that you said you could, but didn't really. And like, oh, now I can do this. And then it starts getting you doing things. There's a number of things that I do now that when I do them, I'm consciously thinking, well, this is a lot easier than a cold shower. And a cold shower is really easy. And there's a lot of things that are pretty easy if you do them. And I think your experience was like that, that it, it, you start doing things that you thought that you didn't do. Yeah, it just, it gives you perspective, right? Like, so if you don't do anything hard and then like you can have the little, like if you don't go outside all day, then it seems like a big deal to go outside and get the mail. Like, you know, like, oh, this is a big, ex, you know, exertion of energy. But if you're like, if you, you wake up early, you take a cold shower, like you do like the hardest thing on your list and you're done by 10 and like you have like your biggest, hardest thing is out by 10 and like everything else that you want to do, like your workouts, your, you know, making, you know, plans with friends or like working on your side business or whatever it is, like everything else starts to seem easier because you were already proactive and uh, front loaded everything and you, you experience the hard things and then, you know, it progressively gets easier throughout the day. And like, again, cold showers, they ground you. They just give you like a basis in reality to work off of. And once you start realizing uh, the other thing is you do tell yourself like before you get like, this is cold. This is going to be uncomfortable. This is stupid. I don't like Joel. Like <laughs> this is a terrible idea. And those are the same voices you have in your head when you're like, oh, I should, you know, I really should, uh, you know, go to the gym, but you know, it's 15 minutes away. I don't really want to do it. Like it's going to be, you know, kind of a pain. Maybe I won't get there in time. Maybe, you know, people are going to be on the machines that I want. Like, um, it's all the same stories, all the same crap that you're telling yourself all over and over again. So what cold showers let you do is they let you recognize, you know, when you're telling yourself one of those stories and then you can start routing around it. You can be like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. Like, OK, that doesn't mean anything. It's just trying to, you know, keep me comfortable when I could be, you know, getting better. So. So it gives you the self-mastery and give, yeah, tools, like you said. Do you also have the same thing? I've never asked anyone. On days when it's really cold out and it's not one of my cold shower days, I really can't believe that I take a cold shower on a day that that's cold when I know how cold the water is going to be like in February because my apartment can get really cold. And I'm like, I can't believe that I do that. Do you also get that sometimes? When I was uh, first talking about it, I was in Chicago and Chicago in the winter is not warm at all. And so people were like, they're always making comments. Everybody's trying to find a reason why they're, it, it's funny at this point, because again, you, you start to hear people's excuses for you know, why they don't do X, Y, Z. And they're like, oh, well, you, it's winter over here in, you know, Chile or, you know, like in a different hemisphere or something like that. And you're like, at this point, I've literally like knocked all of those excuses off. I've done like a cold shower and, and put it on a uh, YouTube in Chicago during the polar vortex. And so like, it's, again, it's a story that you've, you know, you've done in your head and it is what it is. Like when I was, I was in Antarctica earlier this year and I did a cold shower there. And I like took work to melt the snow into water and like put it in a tut thing and then like suck all the water out. So it's like, if you want to do it, you can do it. And, um, I actually feel better on those days. I feel like, you know, I don't know all the, you know, people are really eager to project a ton of the health benefits and I've talked about them a little bit, but I think the mental benefits really outweigh it. But I feel like my body's warmer. Like I've, I've already cold adjusted. You know, like you'd white balance a photo, like I cold adjust my day to the cold shower. And then like everything after that, my body seems to handle better. And like you stepping out in the cold after a cold shower is like, oh, this is like nice balmy temperature and it sometimes feels better. So feeling inspired. Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable. Join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. 
Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. So now I want to switch to jumping ahead. How big of a leap is it? I mean, you talk about Antarctica and you were in Antarctica to run an ultra marathon, like not just like casual hanging out. And is going from cold shower, doing cold showers to ultra marathons, is that like a, a simple jump? Or were there other things along the way to enable that? The cold shower, I always talk about the cold shower in relation to businesses, because that's what Nick was originally challenging me on, was like my business and my career. But at that point, I think I'd only run maybe like a half marathon or something like that. Like I, I wasn't much of a runner. I was still pretty early on in the, the running and the, the fitness challenge phase. And so, you know, I basically started doing cold showers every single time I, I had these big scary challenges. Like when I first signed up for my first ultra marathon, I basically took cold showers for a couple of days <laughs> leading up to it because I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And like, you have to start getting used to that voice in your head again. And so to me, like it's been kind of that evolution of um, a lot of the stuff ties into itself because I find, you know, the physical challenges, whether it's just being cold or, you know, uh, some of the fitness challenges of like, marathons or, you know, different endurance races or just overall fitness challenges change your mindset in a way. And then I would take those mindsets and apply them into my career or when I quit my job into my business and then just snowballs. And then like you kind of up level your life in business and then you, you look at, okay, how can I set my game up on the fitness level or my endurance level and kind of just build and it basically snowballed on top of itself. And so I went from, you know, basically never running more than a 5k in my life to uh, getting into marathons and running ultra marathons. And then I got to this point, you know, a couple of years back where I was like, okay, I did a marathon. We built the school. It was really impactful, but I want to see what else is next. Can you say more about building the school? I mean, this is a school where and in what context? Yeah. So um, after I'd done, I think my first marathon, Pencils of Promise, which is a nonprofit in New York that builds schools around the world. Uh, basically, was looking at my impossible list and, and came up and they're like, hey, what if we challenge you to run an ultra marathon? We, we saw you did a marathon. That's cool. But your site's about pushing your limits. What if you did an ultra marathon and uh, did it to raise money for charity? And I was like, huh. First, I thought, you know, that's way too long. I don't want to do that. Then I also thought like, hey, it's for charity. I can't say no. And I started looking into them and I found out, you know, they're really legit. 100% of their funds go directly to the programs. They're completely transparent with a lot of their financials. And the more and more I, I started looking into them, the more I was impressed with how they ran ran their nonprofit. And so I agreed to do it. And in 2012, I ran my first ultra marathon and uh, we raised $26,000 and built a school uh, in Guatemala. And I went to visit that in 2013. And um, it was really impactful. And it was one of those things I was like, okay, you know, all these physical challenges are cool. And like, you know, having, you know, an online audience is interesting, but like actually physically building something and making something and having an impact in the world is actually really, really cool. And so I was thinking about how I could do something, you know, similar, but again, my site's about pushing your limits and I wanted to do something, to push my limits. And so I started looking around at what I could do and I found this Antarctica race and I found a bunch of other races. And at some point I got an idea in my head. I was like, you know, you've done one ultra marathon but there's a lot more continents. And so like the idea that came up was like, what if you ran seven ultra marathons on seven continents and tried to build seven schools? And as soon as I had that idea, um, all those things started popping up in my head again. The same excuses I had, you know, in the shower, like, oh no, that's a terrible idea. That's way too far. Like way too many ultras. Um, you know, it's going to be really, really tough. Like that's way too much time in general. How are you even going to get to all those places? 
And uh, that's when I knew I had to do it. <laughs> and I, I knew if I didn't do it, I would be, uh, I wouldn't be able to sleep well until I figure out how I was going to make it happen. So I set out to do it. I ended up getting hurt my first race. Then I had to deal with like a lawsuit. And there were like all these other extenuating circumstances that basically took my timeline from being like nine months to basically taking me two years. But um, in October of last year, I kind of relaunched the project. I did the North America uh, portion, and then then I ended up doing the last five races in three months, which was a crazy accelerated timeline uh, in comparison to what I even had planned when I launched the thing. So we finished that. That like we we talked about at the beginning. That was this. This was the most recent thing I did. Finished the last race in April. We finished fundraising in June. And we ended up, our goal was $175,000, which is enough for seven schools. And we ended up raising, um, I believe, 193000 and and change. So it was one of those things. It was, you know, we could have a whole different podcast on 777, but a ton of ups and downs, a lot of things that came up that I wasn't even expecting in relation to, you know, I thought the tough part would be the, the logistics and the running and a lot of the stuff that came up wasn't even involved with uh, uh, either of those. It was injuries and, you know, business related things that, uh, you know, required time and energy. And it was one of those things. But we, we just finished it. The schools are going to be uh, getting built this fall. And uh, uh, hopefully we get to visit some of the schools either this fall or early next year. And uh, again, get to see the impact that uh, we're having on the, the ground with uh, students around the world who don't always get the opportunities to learn and get a basic education. So that was, uh, yeah, that was the most recent project. That was pretty cool. I'm still sort of don't believe that I was able to do it, but, uh, I'm pretty happy that it's over and I'm excited to share what's next. You're one of the people that people read about and think that's not possible. Who can do things like that? And before, I mean, there's a kind of step by step of like you, I think you said you were between jobs. I forget when you talked to Nick that first time and like, it's not impossible. No, it's it's one of those things like it's just, I think that's why I get I love physical challenges so much is just because it's it does bring you back to reality. And I think people get stuck in their head. And when you try to figure things out in your head, like there's a time and a place for it. But you can make up these fantasies. You can make up these things that you want to do and confuse them for things you're actually doing. But, you know, when you have to do a push up test, you can actually find out how many push ups you can do. Or if you try to go and run 30 miles, you can find out if you can actually do it or not. And, um, you know. It always makes me laugh, you know, bringing it back to culture hours is the people that always say, oh, I, I did four days. I could totally do a whole month. And it's like, well, do the whole month. You know, like you can't you can't run three miles and be like, oh, I could totally run a marathon and count that as a marathon. Like you have to run the twenty six point two miles. Like you have to do the distance. You have to put in the work. And uh, if you don't do the work, you don't get a medal. You don't get the results. You don't get the time. You don't even get the internal satisfaction. And I think a lot of people, you know, they confuse themselves and they get satisfied with the fantasy that they tell themselves in their head and forget about the reality of the situation. And so, you know, the funny thing, I'm like 190, I'm six foot two, 190 pounds. Like I'm not a typical runner's build. I didn't run a 5k before I was like 23. Like I'd never run more than like two miles in my life. And I think I don't have the official count, but I think there's only five people who've run a marathon on every continent, ultra marathon, an ultra marathon on every continent in the world. So like, that's kind of a cool company to be in and you're one of those people yeah yeah just... so it's kind of cool like you just have to be honest with yourself and uh know where you're at and then work from there and like that sounds really really basic but so few people do that that it doesn't take much more than that and and then you know a lot of hard work and a lot of you know planning and you can do a lot of 
really cool thing. Yeah, I, something you didn't mention of when people say they can do something and they only do part of it and they don't do the whole thing. I haven't run an ultra marathon, but I, can, I know from one of the marathons that I've run that if I do less than a marathon distance and I say, well, like how you feel at three miles or 10 miles or 15 miles or 20 miles or even 25 miles, how you feel after that is not, it's like all new. It's not like it's a little bit harder. It's at least in my experience. No, it's part, it's the pain, the pain that you go through is, is part of it. And learning like, you know, like it's like when people say like, I don't like the cold, like nobody does. Like, that's the point. Like you're not supposed to like the cold. It's not supposed to be fun. Like maybe eventually it gets to the point where you're like cool with it. But like the thing I like about ultras is that, you know, most people like if you say you run a marathon, most people think you're crazy. Right. And what I like about ultras is like a marathon is the start. Like it's not an ultra marathon until you go past 26.2. And so you've reframed what normal is for 99% of the population, you know, say, say, you know, 10% of the population runs a marathon, which I think is probably still high. And, uh, you know, that's like a training run. Like <laughs> for a lot of people who want to get into ultra marathons, like, okay, run a marathon. And then like two weeks later, like keep doing your training and then you run 30 miles or something like that. And it's learning that the pain is a part of it and that pain is a part of the process and that it's to be expected. And you're not going to get out of the ultra marathon without feeling some sort of pain in some way, shape or form. And you're going to have to deal with it or you, you're not going to be able to get the reward or the end result. And it, it's not the same as like, oh, I'm tired after three miles. Uh, it's not the same as I'm tired after 20 miles or I'm tired after 40 miles. So it's a whole different type of tired. Yeah, I remember my first marathon, somewhere around like mile 20, I remember feeling the physical pain felt like emotional pain, like it made me want to cry. And I was like, that's new. <laughs> I'm not used to that. All right. So you've done ultra marathon. So after my last marathon was, that's the only marathon I've run after I've had my burpee habit. So after doing my marathon, I still had 50 burpees to do. So does that compare with an ultra marathon? <laughs> am I loving myself in with, oh yeah, I could do that. Well, I'm not saying I could do an ultra marathon, but I don't know. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you can do a marathon, you can do an ultra marathon. Yeah. Okay. So you're at the same training level. You don't need to do a lot more training to be able to run an ultra marathon. You just have to like think of like a race two or three weeks later and go ahead and do it because you're strong enough to as well. Um, you might not want to go for your PR in the marathon beforehand, mm -hmm. but like you're strong enough to like actually go out and, and run an ultra. So from a strength wise, it's not a big deal from mindset standpoint. When you get to 20 miles and you're like, Oh, I only have six more miles left. That's fine. If you get to 20 miles and you, you have 11 more miles to go, that's like a whole different mindset game. And that's where most people, you know, get caught up. And so what I would say with the bur the burpees would be tough because your hips are probably super tight. And so then you're like doing, so like, I would say that's a different type of pain. I would say if you, you do a marathon, you can do an ultra marathon, pretty much anyone, but you have to have the mindset to one, want to be able to do it. And then two, follow through on it. And so it's a, the burpee thing would be tough on ultra, but it's, it's its own sort of pain cave. So <laughs> that might help with the mindset piece. Okay. Now I want to bring this home for people who maybe aren't like, you know, a marathon is not the only challenge one can take in life. I think all of what we said about, you know, if you do a little bit and say you can do more, that doesn't mean you can do more. And you have to have this mindset shift and you have to take on, the, you know, like, you have to do the work and so forth. I think it all, tell me, would you agree with this? It all applies. We could have just changed marathon to start a company. I think they all feed into each other too. Like, I mean, like, it doesn't even have to be starting a company, but like looking at your job and like looking at the areas where like you can find ways to optimize it, even in, you know, the context of like working for your boss. And well, the, the thing is like, it's 
all those reasons why you stop yourself are all the same reasons in the shower. And so once you recognize those voices, anywhere they pop up in life, whether it's a marathon, your business, you know, your job, you know, your education, whatever it is, it changes your approach. And that's what I like most about it. It's universally applicable to pretty much anything you're doing. Yeah. Like how many times are we in conversations with someone, you see it getting into some contention that you really don't want to get into, but you just can't stop yourself from saying that little thing that's going to, in your mind, you feel like I'll say that and they'll just shut up. And you know, all it does is piss them off and they say something back to you again. And to not say that takes a lot of self-control, which if you do cold showers, you it's that's what you're good at. Mm-hmm. And you say, I should like, I want to say this. No, is it is it really going to help? I'm not going to do it. Like compared to a cold shower, that's really easy. Yep. But if you can't do the cold shower, that might be too hard. And people get into fights and they get into annoying conversations and stuff. And it's like you said, it's the same. I think it's a, a similar thing in your mindset, except actually much easier in a cold shower. Mm-hmm. And so you develop the awareness and the tools to get around it and the tools to handle it. And then when it comes up, you know, my life has fewer arguments in it as a result of cold showers. And I don't know if that makes – I think in to people who haven't done cold showers, just listen to this conversation. I think that would make sense. I don't know if it makes sense obviously otherwise. Or – I mean one of, a lot of people on your page, were they, they lost weight, and it wasn't obvious why that would be the case. But then you realize it's because not eating the chocolate cake is like not putting on the hot water. Yep. It's a, well, there's a discipline you have to learn to do anything for 30 days. And so just anyone who finishes it for 30 days – is like automatically you, you prove to yourself you could do something for 30 days. It could be making your bed for 30 days. But then, you know, it, it's a discipline combined with it being something very difficult and being actively uncomfortable that all of a sudden it's like you kind of tricked yourself into building this habit of resiliency, of discipline. And all of a sudden you have you have a tool of discipline that you didn't know you had and you can go ahead and apply it to not eating the chocolate cake or making sure you hit or work out that day. And, you know, it kind of forces you to, you know, acquire these skills that you maybe didn't know you had. Yeah. And so many people are like, you know, when I teach and coach leadership, I talk about everyone knows how important it is to be resilient, to be persistent, to uh, have self-awareness, to have integrity. Everyone knows these are valuable. The reason people don't have them is not that they don't realize that the grit is useful or that perseverance is useful. They don't develop it and they don't realize how to develop it because you, you can watch a lot of TED talks and I can tell you watching TED talks is not going to get you what they, the TED talk person talks about. You got to do it. Like you say in your body, it has to be something that you actually do. And then you give them the thing that gives them that take some cold showers. That'll get you some integrity because if no one knows that you're doing it and you're just doing it, that's integrity. What, I mean, you know, what you do when no one else is around, when no one is there to see it. And then they poo poo it and they don't realize they're missing exactly what they think is, what they know is so valuable. And then they keep watching the TED Talks. <laughs> and the cold showers actually, if a TED Talk is like roughly what, 15, 20 minutes and a cold shower is five minutes. Yep. Watch the TED Talk. Just watch it in the shower. <laughs> just turn it, turn it on, turn up the volume. Actually, and you learn all these little tricks. Oh, this reminds me back when I was doing my 30 days of it. I set my phone in the countdown for five minutes. And then, but I don't want my phone to get wet. So I would set, I, and how I get started, I would set it for five minutes and 10 seconds. And when it hit start, I had 10 seconds to start shower. And it was a nice little trick. I think there's a lot of, I don't know about you, but I come up with lots of little tricks to get me to do stuff that's really hard and it works. Mm-hmm. I think people underestimate how valuable these little tricks are. That It's like these outside uh, like constraints on your life that force you. Like the 10 seconds is like, okay, well, there's no real reason you have to do it. But like just hitting the button and saying like 10 seconds, like all of a sudden, like you have a boss telling you what to do. And a lot of people have so much comfort and so much freedom in their individual life that 
oftentimes like they don't have to do anything uncomfortable throughout the day. And so if you set that automatic constraint on yourself, you're actually, you know, you're providing that context in which you, you have to perform. And when human beings, like if you make it a situation where you quote unquote have to do something, you know, you don't give yourself the option to not do it. And then, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to be like, you know, if your job was to take cold showers for 30 days, like you probably figure out a way to do it. But because, you know, in a lot of our own personal lives, you don't have to go to the gym, you don't have to study, or you don't have to do, you know, whatever it is, the thing that you want to do. A lot of the times you're more lenient with yourself than you, you would be if uh, you were working for someone else. All right. So now I'm going to segue from there into the environment. This I totally indulge myself in this conversation because I've, <laughs> I really love this conversation. And but I want to get to talking about a personal challenge. And so you and I, we talked over dinner and then your girlfriend, uh, Jenny, do I remember that right? Yep. So she actually on her own took on, I think she went a week without packaging for beverages, Yep. which was a pretty big deal for her because she wrote about it on her blog and she goes through a lot of beverages and, and like mindlessly <laughs> just like without thinking about the consequences. Yep. And it seems to have, it sounds like she had a pretty cool, pretty good time of it. Yeah, I think she had a, she had a great time. Well, it's, it's easy in New York to just walk down the street, you go to the corner store and you grab, you know, a drink or whatever versus like, I, something I started doing, I started just like, um, I had like a bunch of this, uh, just a whole bunch of tea at the house. And so instead of just, you know, buying a tea at the grocery or an iced tea at the, the corner store, I just brew like a entire gallon of tea or something at once and then just ice it and then just have it in the fridge. And, um, way more accessible like but all it does is like you have to think about it like you know two or three times a week to brew the thing and then just have it ready and once you have that then you know it's it's just as easy as going to the corner store or you know actually sometimes easier because it's already in the house so that was kind of eye-opening to actually just you know try that on its own cool i'm glad to hear that so now you have You've already taken on lots of challenges in your life and found reward from it. And it seems like those challenges, like you said, I wouldn't be able to sleep with myself if I didn't, you know, once you realize that this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's not even the reward. It's like others might say, oh, he's just trying to fill in some gap or something like that. But that's then when you talked about the students and the schools, I think that that reward, that's the sort of reward that I think can sustain someone for years. So, you know, the parameters for the challenge and you don't have to do it. But are you up for a challenge? Uh Yes. Well, I, how, what's the, what's the timeline on the challenge? That's my question, actually. All right. So here's the deal is what I ask. It's voluntary. It's not me giving one to you. And there's one constraint that I take away, which is you don't have to solve all the world's problems overnight all by yourself. And so you don't have to feel like, cause a lot of people are like, well, if you don't change this whole industry, this, what I do is drop in the bucket. It doesn't make a difference. Okay. We're not, I'm not asking for that. It's just something that is that you have to come up with. It's based on something that you find valuable, which could be you know, global warming, it could be pollution, it could be overpopulation, it could be lots of different things. And so it's you're interpreting it how it works for you. And it's whatever time that you think it would take, and it has to move the needle on that thing somewhat. So it, you don't have to solve everything, but it can't be zero effect. And then it can be whatever time frame is enough for it to kick in. So if you're going to, if say you're a big meat eater and you felt like factory farming was like a big pollutant and you wanted to not eat meat and you said, I'm going to skip one meal, I would say, well, that might not be that much. Maybe you could do a bit more, but that doesn't mean you have to do like a full year. But I do ask people to think about while they're doing it, even if you do it for a short time, still think about if you were to have it with a mindset of like doing it more long term. I'm not going to ask you to do that because we're going to have a conversation to follow it up. But those are the big things. It doesn't have to do everything. You don't have to solve all the world's problems overnight. Your values something that moves a needle, you know, more than zero. Um, think about it being permanent, even if you don't do it permanent. So if it's 
you know, Jay, this one guy who did the picking up trash every day for a month, that was for a month. But some people have done things that were a week and it's, and it depends on, on the thing that you do. Okay. And some of them don't require any, oh, sorry. Some of them, like one guy is, um, he and his wife are moving to Belgium. And when they got together, they went from two cars to one. And now going to Belgium, they're going to go to one car. And so there's no real time thing on that. They're just, they're actually making a big lifestyle shift. Yeah. I like the time factor though, because it gives you a, a reflection point. Even if it's like, if it's going to be a long-term thing, I'll let you, uh, check in in a week or two weeks or a month or whatever it is. Um, I would say my life is in a little bit of a flux right now, but I'm willing to do a challenge. I would like to either do the, like when Jenny was doing the, uh, no containers thing, mm-hmm. I like the idea of it. Cause like forces you to like, my reason was always like, I don't have anything in the house to drink immediately. And so like thinking about like, okay, I'll just get like a jug and then like brew your tea in that and then drink from that. Like it's better than anything from the store. It doesn't have as much crap in it. And, uh, you know, going through, you know, 12 things, you know, 12, Mm -hmm. 12 things a a week. And then the other day, and I don't know if this is just, uh, you osmosis, osmosis, whatever, just being around you. I was at the park the other day and I just saw like a Gatorade bottles all over the place. I was like, really, really? I just like picked a bunch of stuff up. Cause why is that in the park? Like, what are you doing? So, um, I would say like, I don't know if there's like a multi-pronged thing, but what if I picked up like three things a day and like, didn't try it or try to do no, like no bottled beverages for, I don't know, a week. Is a week too short? Do you like do things longer than a week? If we could do a week and then like check in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. For me, that's fine. I think that, uh, okay. I mean, some people a week is like a really big deal and some people a week is not a big deal. And almost everyone is finding out after they start, it's what they anticipate is not though. Like those are issues, but other stuff comes up. Just like when you're running a marathon, you think maybe it's going to be your legs that get tired, but it's your mind that starts playing tricks on you. And like you might find that a week is, it's not that it's a week. It's that. If you happen to be visiting some friends and they're like, Hey, let's do this. And you're stuck getting a bottle or, you know, something happens that you didn't predict. And now what do I do in a social situation? Like that kind of thing, unexpected stuff that tends to be the, what gets people like, do you know, I think, you know, Akshay, right? Yep. So he was doing one with not you having food packaging and they had to go to this Marine camp for something and he wasn't able to do it. Hmm. Obviously the guy can do a lot of things. It's not that he couldn't. It's just that he didn't anticipate that. And so. Maybe for some people, it's the time. For other people, it's social or interacting. Like interacting with other people seems to be something that cramps. Or it gets in the way for people or travel when they're in less control of your environment. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. I mean, the reason I'm doing this podcast is I think a lot of people out there, they're like, well, I would do something, but I tried and it, I, it was just too hard and I couldn't do it. And I want to, you know, I want people to hear some people, they have an easy time of it. And they're like, this is no problem. But a lot of people... I'm finding surprisingly it's the people hitting these challenges, but they're not saying, and therefore I can't do it. And I think people get to hear, oh, like they might hear you and think, oh, he does all these ultra marathons. He's got this special ability or something like that. And maybe you do and it'll be easy for you. But I think more likely you'll come back and you'll say this came up and I really didn't expect it or something like that. And I think people who have a public persona being very accomplished will they're ending up sharing vulnerabilities that I think make them more human and their achievements more accessible to people. That's what I, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving away a little too much, but everyone's okay. unique in their situation. So is a week too short? I don't think so at all. If you're the virtue of you asking means probably not. And if it is, then in a week you'll say this was easy. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do that. And then let's uh, check in afterwards. 
So you said no bottled beverages, and then there was picking up three pieces of trash? Yep. Okay, cool. And so a week for each? I was going to do both of them over the next week. Sounds good. So can we schedule the next conversation for a week from now? Yep, let's do it. So I have my calendar out. Is 4 o'clock on next Thursday good? Yeah, like same time as this one? Yep. Yeah. Perfect. All right, so I'll send you. You'll get a calendar invite from me after we hang up. Awesome. And yeah, anything before wrapping up, anything to that we missed? No, I think that's it. I really enjoyed the conversation. It was really like, I I don't, I hope this doesn't sound too fawning or anything, but I really rereading your stuff recently. I realized how much of an effect that stuff and your, what you put out there had on me. And it's really enabled me to do a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. And I'm really happy that I've done. So thank you for that. Awesome. No, I'm, uh, I'm always happy when people get something out because sometimes you post stuff and you're like, all right. Anyone going to get anything? And I was telling someone the other day, like the stuff that like you don't think is you're like, why am I even posting this? Like that always seems to be the stuff that takes. And the stuff you're like, oh, I just put so much work into this. And you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. People are like, yeah, I don't know about that. And then it's, it's always the stuff that you're like, I don't know why I'm posting this. It seems to affect people. So uh, glad that's uh, had an impact. Cool. I'm glad to make that connection. And I'll talk to you in a week. Cool, man. Awesome. Okay, bye. Bye. Again, I highly recommend watching Joel's TED Talk to see how much that you can change your life and how much so simple a thing as not turning on the hot water can change these things. I don't think Joel would mind my saying he went from very little to world-class accomplishments, seven ultra marathons on seven continents to start seven schools. These are world-class achievements. If you want to lead the environment, you're going to deal with people who feel, if I do X, but the whole rest of the world doesn't, then it doesn't make a difference. So why should I bother? You have to be able to change yourself if you want to be able to change other people. As you heard, it's worth it. These cold showers are really nothing compared to the achievements that Joel has made. Sid Chow's make this possible. Sid Chow, self-imposed, daily, challenging, healthy activity. Check out sidchow.com. But watch Joel's TED Talk. And for that matter, listen to Joel's podcast. Cold showers are really easy to do. Yeah, it's hard, but you can do it. And it's not, you're not going to get injured. It's not going to cost you any money. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to achieve with this podcast. I hope a lot. Whatever I achieve, it's going to be a lot due to Sid Chow's, especially cold showers. So you don't have to do them, but you always can. And you'll always get the benefits of resilience, discipline, and all those other things that so many people think that you can't learn. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference, and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.